Welcome to our social landscape. I'm J.R. Woodward. From 2002 to 2005, while a professor in Montana, I was the DJ at the radio station KGLT, a free-form public radio station on Montana State's campus that broadcasts to a few different cities throughout the state. Not too long after I started spending time with the station, I was perusing the racks and rows of CDs and vinyl, no digital music yet at that point. And under the musician Bill Laswell's extensive collection, someone had handwritten a note on an index card and taped it up there that read, Everyone at this radio station should have a shrine to Bill Laswell in their home. I never figured out who it was that put it there. Could have been Brody or Noose, maybe Phil Charles. But I said to myself, well, I better check this cat out. So lo and behold, I found out that Bill Laswell is a bassist and producer who has been involved in literally thousands of albums. If you look him up on Wikipedia and want to read his discography, it actually sends you to a totally separate page to disambiguate all the work he's done as a solo artist, collaborator, producer, session musician, on and on. Your finger will get tired scrolling your mouse from top to bottom. But here are some of the names that jump out when I go through the list, at least. John Lydon and Joe Wobble from Public Image Limited, and of course, the Sex Pistols earlier. Bootsy Collins, Bernie Worrell, and George Clinton from Parliament, Lee Scratch Perry, Sting, Nine Inch Nails, Tori Amos, David Byrne, The Last Poets, Herbie Hancock, Peter Gabriel, Motorhead, Iggy Pop, and plenty of others. So in my continuing theme on this blog of soliciting the ideas of artists, he struck me as a heavy hitter, based on over 40 years in the music industry and the breadth and reach of the genres and musicians he has worked in and with. We zoomed from his house in New York City to mine in Jacksonville Beach, discussing the role of art in the world, some of the politics of those he has worked with, and an underlying theme of the world just being a different place these days, and not a particularly better place. So I reached out to you because, from my view at least, uh, you strike me as someone who is a, a heavy cultural actor, if you will. You know, through your music and production, you've been at the intersection of a number of different movements over the years. And I, I don't know if cutting edge is the term I'm looking for per se, but you've had your finger on our cultural pulse for, I guess, decades now. Uh, you've traveled all around the world. You live in New York City, maybe, you know, the cultural epicenter of the U.S. So I'm wondering what your assessment of things uh, is right now as we slide into 2023. You know, we've had a pretty nationally divisive Trump presidency, the January 6th uprising, bickering over Biden, heavy duty Supreme Court decisions, on and on. So it appears to me to be a time of, you know, maybe somewhat unique disorder and, and, and social engagement, I guess, for that matter. So how would you characterize the the State of the Union at this point? Well, unique disorder is, was pretty appropriate. Um, I mean, it's Everything is upside down at the moment, as you know, and and I wouldn't know really how to generalize, categorize, even describe or acknowledge what 
because it changes like every day, right? Mm -hmm. Everything's changing all the time. And first there's a, you know, brutal killing of a innocent person. Then there's a war in Iran. I mean, look, Mm -hmm. um, in, uh, Ukraine. Ukraine. And then, yeah. And then Iran is right on the edge of something happening. Taiwan, it's all like tomorrow could be a, a life changing event that, that spirals into who knows how many others. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't, uh, not really hopeful. Like it, for me, it used to be, it was all about hopeful. And these days it's a little tough. It's, um, as soon as you feel good about something, something else happens. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a, terrible situation globally worldwide however you could call it as far as america i'm kind of out of touch i mean i watch my only uh vice is i watch the news <laughs> mostly cnn i guess okay i call that i guess that's the news but uh every day there's like i have it on right now without the sound but i'm assuming that the whatever they're saying would be pretty disappointing (laughs) that's a good way to put it yeah i I mean that's how you you feel and Mm -hmm. i don't remember i don't really remember the world like this i not like it is now Mm -hmm. and you, you feel bad for for some people who are unfortunate wrong place wrong time or just wrong planet you know so right right I I don't know. It's um, a strange time. And, you know, for me, I'm involved or probably you could say I'm devoted to music and sound. And that will keep you occupied, but can't really remove you from the tragedy that's around us. So, okay. Yeah, and, get, and it seems to seems to be uh, seems to be getting worse. And I guess if if I have an opinion, that's probably what it would be. So. Yeah, you kind of getting beat me to a couple of questions, so that's great. The um, I, uh, before though, what made you just start to lose hope? Do you think was there one particular event or just a no, con- no. confluence of things over I, time? I think it's over time and over quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I remember, um, well, if you go back like four or five years, I thought I was hopeful, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was traveling, I was meeting people. I was very grateful to, to be able to do all that. And then when the, um, pandemic started somehow, not to say that that's the reason, but around that time, things seemed to kind of fall off and um i i haven't been back to europe in like i guess it must be three years wow since right you know and i and i i used to go to japan like constantly and i haven't been to japan in really a long time so Mm -hmm. so it's different yeah you know and uh i mean i'm i'm in new i'm in new york and uptown and uh inwood it's near harlem okay and uh just pretty much uh i have a son also he's 19 okay 
and he just started college at the city college, which oh, great has a has a good reputation. Sure, sure. And um, he, but he like just started. Like this is like the second or third day or something. Okay, yeah, spring term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and you know, when people say, "Well, what's he want to do?" I mean, what what do any of us want to do, really? I mean, let's be ourselves, and then right. something will manifest. So, Right, right. Yeah, I, I also have two daughters that are 22 and 25. Um, wow. so, so we have had yeah big gap. Uh, so we've had these talks before, but the nine-year-old, you know, didn't really quite get, you know, what's going on. And he's already lived through Trump and COVID and everything. So I already had a run. But, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting age, you know, no matter yeah. what the conditions are. It's, it, he's in an interesting spot. Right. So, yeah. But uh, unfortunately, he's also in a horrible time. So. Right, right. So that's you, know, you, know, you really got to you really got to look for. I wouldn't say escape or a way out, but you, if you really focus on what's going on, you probably would understand a lot better why there's school shootings and mm-hmm. terror and and all kinds of domestic terror and world world terror everywhere mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i mean you would understand you you'll understand it mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. pretty quickly if you really take a close look so these days i don't really except for my cnn thing i don't really try to um rationalize uh this you know as william burroughs said destroy all rational thought that's right. the conclusion I've come to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think of uh, my, the quote came to mind for me was Marvin Gaye uh, makes me want to holler, throw up both my hands, you know, like just yeah, yeah. bash, bash right. your head against the wall. And I, I so well, you, that, that's a good, uh, that's a good reference and a great theme song for the uh, times. Isn't it? Yeah. What a song. Uh, yeah. It just sounds like it could have been written yesterday. Then, you know, we're putting people on the moon, but people are starving, you know, same with Gil Scott Heron, Whitey on the moon. Like these songs are old and they're still relevant. <laughs> Bob Dylan's masters of war, you know, like, geez, <laughs> very, re- very relevant and mm-hmm. uh, more relevant all the time. Yeah, sadly. And so you said you don't follow the U.S. quite as much, but and I know neither of us are political scientists here, but since you've traveled extensively and you have familiarity with some of these different societies, do you see similar things happening in other places? Or I guess it's like America just really exceptional here. Um, well, America is a joke country to me. I mean, it's like, first of all, there's absolutely no intelligence. There's no culture. There's a mountain of racism. Mm-hmm. which has always been there mm-hmm. and then when you when you find people that say well things are getting better things are getting worse you know so i don't buy it i don't it's not even for sale mm-hmm. and um it's kind of grim you know so mm-hmm. if you can be creative somehow be a little creative and occasionally interact with people that have a brain which is getting <laughs> harder you know <laughs> Uh, I'm not, I guess I'm not optimistic anymore. I was always about, you know, let's try let's go to Africa. Let's make a bunch of money, let, you know, whatever things that feel good. You've worked in a diversity of musical styles over the course of your career and, and, you know, kind of from around the world. Does your interest in music from other parts of the world besides America extend beyond music, like to culture, politics, social factors, like around the globe, or is your m- 
kind of cultural musical interests, mostly just the music? Or do you are you interested also in the people and their styles and their culture and how it's different from the U.S.? No, it's it started as the music and the sound of the music. Mm-hmm. But then late, you know, later on, I mean, I worked a lot in Ethiopia and I became really obsessed with the uh, history of the era of the emperors and the whole. Okay. The Abyssinia uh, beginnings and right right up to Selassie and and even now. Okay. Still following. I'm a little out. I'm a little out of touch now, but going back five years, I was very conscious, and I tried to overload on books as just that told the history of things. Which is, you know, same with Morocco. I I became obsessed with the people so many aspects of how they live and uh, of course there's always the music playing in the background but yeah Af- africa india mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. cuba you know and yeah. J- like japan I, w- I i was totally obsessed with japan just once when i first went there all i could think of was how do i get back and mm. that's before we even got into the city coming from the airport wow so the music got to these places first, but then once you were there, the, the kind of a back and forth with the culture and the music. Well, yeah, it cre- it created a way to to travel. Like in the eighties, nineties, I could those days you could go to a, if you knew somebody, you could go and say, "I want to, you know, go to this place and record pygmies or something." And mm-hmm. and crazy, it's crazy enough. It would happen, and mm-hmm. you. And you have this means of travel and a, a support system. It's it, it's not expensive to do all those things and okay. to do it professionally. It's if if you learn how to balance it and budget it, mm-hmm. you can get to all these places. It's not you don't need a a lot of money really. It's not a it's certainly not about money when you, when it comes to that mm-hmm. uh, that experience that. The things that you will never forget, really. Yeah. yeah. Miracles. So. Yeah. Uh, a number of people you've worked with over the years have made music that I would call political, for lack of a better word, you know, lyrics about various forms of inequality or people's struggles, money, power, etc. Scratch Perry, John Lydon, you know, I'm sure a host of others. Is that something you paid specific, yeah. is that something you paid specific attention to or sought out or were drawn to, or was it more peripheral and tangential to the work you did or the reason that you worked with them? No, it, it was I don't know. I don't use the word political. That's like saying something spiritual at this point. The, the, what sticks out what the most to me is that I still work with the last poets. Oh, yeah. And, and the last poets, when I was um, in high school, I was in a cover band that only played last poets. <laughs> and, and, and now I've, you know, come, I've done, I mean, I did a lot of, stuff with them records and mm-hmm. guests on, on other people's records and sure. uh, and in fact we're putting out a record this year okay. which is new okay you know and uh, so i'm still there but it was i was always conscious that that was the truth and the other things may not have been so i i hmm. really gravitated toward well of course the lyrics um yeah. 
it's really just words and rhythm. It's like African music. So, so but, I, but I'm still there. I'm still doing. I work with Gil Scott a little bit. He was kind of a mess. But okay. last poets are they're kind of the real thing and still still there. They're, I mean, a few died and yeah, yeah. as we do, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I didn't know. I'd try to do as much research on this as I can, but your resume is kind of fat. Uh, I didn't know you worked with uh, Gil Scott. So he, I think, sounds like he was always a mess um, as his life grew. Well, you know, went Gil, on. Gil, when, he, when he started, he was a conscious a poet coming mm-hmm. like a few a few steps behind la- uh, the last poet. Mm-hmm. And he, he made a, a song. This is like... Must it's the seventies. It was called "The Revolution Will Not Be Televised." Yeah, seventy-one or seventy-two yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it goes way back, and um, that's where I heard of him. And then I went back to his earlier stuff, which was just really poetry. Yeah, and then later, later on, rhythm mm-hmm. like Last Poets, and then later on, full bands playing mm-hmm. behind him. And, uh, by the time I got to him, he was pretty much consumed by drugs. Yeah, and he w- wasn't ma- wasn't making a lot of sense. Mm, but yeah. he still had things to say, and right, you know, and and uh, he even at to you know at the very end, he made something that was fantastic. I can't remember the details, but he it was a conscious effort and a creative music yeah. contribution, and lyrics were pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, you know, that's all a kind of connecting to me, to other, to Lee. I worked with, um, Amiri Baraka, who was Leroy Jones in the sixties. Okay. And, um, that's, it's all, all that is connected. Yes. And it's, it's part of, um, black nationalist movement and right up till, to now, you know, there's, yeah. In the last five years, you had Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. all these things are connected. All of them have roots. And the, the more they go back to those roots, I think that's where they're going to get the future straightened out. So. One, two, five is where I've grown time to time. I called it home, really cried. Mouth just blew, mama sang. The kids age two. Be so sweet, Apollo nights, chocolate chips, change the glass, be discreet at the scan. I might as well be me. Do you really wanna know what's going on? Following off that and getting back to how we started a little bit ago, um, you know, looking at the changes in America and our current inflammatory times what role do you see music playing like in the nation's psyche like can music contribute to engineering positive change and and how and the reason i asked that is because uh it, when i was in graduate school at Ari- in arizona we would have these discussions couple faculty members couple grad students for over a couple of years really if you want to make change in society do you go through politics economics or culture and i always hung my hat on the economic part you know if you get economic equality all the other stuff will fall into place but over the yeah. years, over the years, I've seen it differently. And I, I think it might have been a poet named Alex Caldera. I can't remember, but he said the quote was artists have always been agents of cultural change. They can sway opinions, direct resistance or reform. An art-based approach is necessary because it stimulates empathy. And empathy is necessary to achieve justice. To affect real change, activists need to work through cultural means. So do you think 
art, music can be the the means to where we make some of these changes, or will art be more kind of in a supportive role? Um, art is always on the doorstep of the rich. So all this stuff is business when it gets down to it. Hip-hop became serious business, and artists became bankers, and they own sports teams. And, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's... Um, it's different now. It's, you know, when you have, well, like, like I said, last poets, they somehow remain somehow alive to just, that's a good start for them, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, uh, but not all of them, you know, half right. of them are alive. Right. And so. it was a long question, but originally I was saying, um, you know, can music contribute to not just, you know, Nina Simone once said uh, a, a musician or an artist should reflect the times re- versus like create the times, you know. So I'm wondering if like if music and if you wanted to broaden it out to arts more generally, um, you know, does have the ability or the power to make these changes because, you know, it speaks this universal language or however you wanted to put it. So that's kind of where I was going with the question. I don't think music can dictate. I don't think it can change anything. I don't think it strong enough to carry a a lot of people but there's moments you mm-hmm. know and you hear everybody's got that comment albert eiler said music is the healing force of the universe that's a pretty big mm-hmm. statement sure you know and, and um i i can agree with that and i should probably go back you know and 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 believe all those things again mm-hmm. maybe that would be a a way into something positive or meaningful, which we're going to need a lot more of. For sure. You know, what can we do about that? Right. Musicians well, can't do much. They play some sounds and somebody writes some words and you, you get on with it. And if you're lucky, you able to continue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost done. Do you okay on time? Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, okay. Um, let, I like to ask this question for people. Um, uh, the late communications professor, George Gerbner, he once said, the telling of stories has always been the principal shaper of human behavior. And, you know, I don't know, you can think about the cave walls or religious texts or, you know, oral traditions passed down. But he said the telling of stories has always been the principal shaper of human behavior. And if this is true, uh, and your music tells stories, sometimes with words, sometimes without words, uh, what stories are you trying to tell in your music? If, if you're trying, if music can shape behavior or telling of stories can shape behavior, what could your, your music be doing in that regard? Well, you know, the things that have words and, and, decide on direction and subjects that's obvious as far as music the sound itself getting people energy or getting them some hope mm-hmm. um that's that's very possible but you have to commit to that you can't just turn it on and then turn it off it's it's a commitment yeah and um that commitment can save your life but you have to commit to it so yeah you said a minute ago, you don't know going forward. And that was going to be my, my last big question. Um, if you had, you know, a magic key where you could make one fundamental change, uh, regain your hope and make one fundamental change to make, let's just say America, if we, but if you wanted to broaden it out, you can to make a, a better place. Um, where would you start? Oh, so well, I would have to first kind of get out of the darkness and, um, 
every chance I get, I think maybe that's possible, but mostly I don't think it is. Mm. So I'm not optimistic about finding a a solution or mm-hmm. giving uh I mean you gotta really I mean I'm sure you do, but you gotta look at how crazy this stuff is. Sure. And and, and there's individuals in the world that just are if they were not here, it would be a better place. I would start with a few choice killings, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Um, I was going to ask you any uh, up and coming people or artists that you see in your mold. You know, so my nine year old grows up and he takes over this blog and he's going to interview somebody who's young, but ends up being like Bill Laswell when my son's 53. You know, I think about you just mentioned Gil Scott Heron and that last album was called I'm New Here and Makai McRaven, he, he, uh, the, the, the drummer and producer in Chicago, he got permission to redo it and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, I can see kind of that Bill Laswell doing that kind of thing. But do you see who's the next generation in, in your mold? I know you're kind of a unique one of a kind, uh, artist. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're already here, you know, they just, huh? yeah, who? they don't have, they don't have the quality of the, the ammunition that we had access to. Hmm. in the days when I was starting, but people are, are curious and they're interested. And I'm, I'm, I talk a lot, not a lot, but recently with kids that are doing what they say is we do beats, but they do music. And, um, some of that music sells millions of copies. Sure. And, um, you know, that's an, that's an achievement in itself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they're not necessarily, I don't like to say political because I, I lost track of the meaning of that. It's, it's tricky. A long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, kids that are just, what do you think about this? And what about that? And who's George Martin or who, who's Lee Scratch Perry? Or, <laughs> you know, it's, you should know, you know, mm-hmm. like I just noticed my son today, they got him reading Frederick Douglass. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ben, ben, Benjamin Franklin. To me, Lee Scratch Perry is Frederick Douglass. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like that. And it's go go out and get it. You know, it's there. Mm-hmm. You just got to you got to pick through all the garbage to. Mm-hmm. And and you have to do it very carefully. You said you think that they have less access to stuff now than you did. And it seemed like it'd be the opposite for me with technology. Now there would be more access. Well, technology can't replace poetry. It can't artistry. replace genius. Yeah, you artistry. know, mm-hmm. it's it's a tool. Mm-hmm. They they give you the tools. The tools arrived from the future. They're not from the past. Mm-hmm. You know, they give us. They'll give us the past ultimately, but it's the future. You know, okay. it's like who who was it? Public Enemy. It's a fear of a black planet. Yeah, yeah. And, I know that. Way before that, there was a theory that this is a black planet. You know, we arrived neutral. We arrived without any introduction. It just happened. And when I when I say that, I mean creativity or contributions to sound, to music, to poetry that relates or connects with a kind of activism. It's like revolution. How are you going to have a technical revolution? Uh, yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah, Lee Scratch Perry. I saw him right before, maybe a year before he died. Maybe yeah, two years before he died, he came to Jacksonville. And uh, oh wow, yeah, I know. And there's like you know, 
50 people, 75 people in there. And you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I worked with him about, I guess it's been about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and, uh, Orthodox. But I knew, I, I had met him before and, you know, I always considered him, a, you know, you can say all these hype things, but I like his theory that he had what he called the rock stone sound because when he was a kid, his job was breaking rocks to make gravel or whatever, smaller mm-hmm. rocks. But mm-hmm. that was that was his thing. And he had a whole kind of philosophy about that's where the sound came from. And makes sense in a way. Yeah, so. yeah I didn't know that. I, I, I've read a good bit about him, but I had never... Just his interviews alone are are fun reading, you know, some of the... Oh, no, the, yeah, the <laughs> interviews going, even going back to the 70s were were something. I, you know, it's probably the person that, for me, I never really take musicians too serious. They're almost like sports people. He's, he's not in that category. He he was something else. And, yeah, yeah. And his, his, inter- his interviews were always really special. And you get ideas from that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he was wearing a fanny pack, and he had a, he came out with like a a stuffed animal, like a little stuffed animal, and then he put some incense down and some bananas under the incense. It was just it was something to behold, you know. Really, yeah, well, the rec- the recording we did was kind of like that. He had these people go out and buy toys and balloons and all kinds of shit, and the whole place looked like a circus. You know? <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> Yeah, that is yeah. that is that the Orthodox? Is that what that album is? Is that what uh, you're talking the, about? Um, it's got what, the uh, one. The one I did. It's called Rise Again. Rise Again. There you go. But there's a song called Orthodox on it. Is Ethiopia on there? I forget. I, I, I'm trying to get get yeah, my yeah. albums albums confused there. But um, that was yeah. uh, a wonderful album. And he just had an album right before he died too. Uh, can't remember who he was working with. But anyways, uh, yeah, so. I know. I remember. It wasn't bad though. The, no. The, it, yeah. Even the last thing he did wasn't bad. Appreciate your time. Is there anything you want me to put on the uh, link to? Like when I post it, I'll put it up written like to like your. Yeah, your maybe um, we have a label. And uh, Last Poets is one one of those records, which has Pharaoh okay. uh, Sanders and different people on. And there's a lot of things that are musically pretty, I'd say, strong and could, you could say radical, yeah. even in these times. You know, it's it's a little hard to be radical these days. It's not fun anymore. It's, you're competing with the mayhem so. mm-hmm. and a repressive state. But, uh, but yeah, and I, <laughs> I think we're I think we have some stuff that relates. And like you say, for kids, like kids should hear this. Kids should hear John Coltrane. They right, don't right. don't give up on that. Because it's right. even though it was like, you know, sixty years ago, it's still relevant. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Alabama. You that know, song, he, Alabama. He did. You know, after the burning. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Like, still, it sounds like makes you want to weep now. You know, that many years later. Exactly. Absolutely. I did a cover of that with Bernie Worrell from Funkadelic. Okay. Um, and uh, I get that feeling even when Bernie plays it. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. I, I I took a lot of your time. I appreciate it. I could sit here and talk music all day. So I'll I'll go ahead and let you go. No problem. But I, I do appreciate okay. it. And I'll uh, I'll stay in touch. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks. Listen to me. Hope you get down. I'm an orthodox. <laughs> 
thanks to Bill Laswell for letting me pick his brain a little and for sharing his insight and stories. Cool guy. Been around the block, seen a bunch of things, played music all over the planet with all sorts of folks, and he's still at it, forging ahead following the muse. If you liked the episode, please be sure to like it and all the usual podcast spots and reviews. I appreciate it. It's a free public sociology blog on social issues, and I think the more people that hear about it, the better. All my guests have enlightened me, and I hope they can enlighten others, so spread the word. And become a member if you're not already. You just have to create a username and password, then you can comment on all the posts. I want to make sure to thank Yoko Yamabe for all her help getting Bill and I together. We went back and forth via email for a bit. She was kind, gracious, and professional. Thank you, Yoko. Bill played on all the music I used for the episode, starting with Jerusalem by his band Sacred System and Orthodox by Bill and Lee Scratch Perry is playing now. Around the midpoint, I played a clip of the material song, Flow. I'll put a link to his work in the body of the write-up when I post it. Our social landscape's a listener-supported blog and podcast, so consider making a one-time donation or recurring monthly donation by clicking on the yellow Donate button on the homepage. Send any questions or comments to me at jr at oursociallandscape.com. I thank you for listening. Listen, I was here before, before my son.